Start your engines and join me in the new mobile game, RuPaul's Drag Race Superstar. May the best superstar win. Available now. In a world full of straight people, aren't you glad there's WOW Presents Plus, the number one place in the world to see Drag Race? Subscribe to WOW Presents Plus. Still only $4.99. Subscribe today as streamed on TV. I'm Matt McConkie. I'm a writer, actor, and devoted fan of Sex and the City and And Just Like That. And I've spent so much time and energy fervently defending the show that I couldn't help but wonder, should I do a podcast about this? The answer, of course, is no, but And Just Like Matt is more than a podcast. It's a faith-based community with a shared mission to bring back Samantha full-time. And it's also a call to action. It's a plea because I'm begging you just like me. Come on, you know you want to. And maybe after you give this episode a listen, you will. Hello, lovers. Today I am talking, and just like that, season one, episode nine, No Strings Attached, with two VIPs that I would gladly wait in line to get into a hot club with. Actually, no, we we are the hot club. This is welcome, folks, to the hot club. We're letting you in. My first guest is an Iranian-American author and film and TV writer. She's written Four books, including her critically acclaimed memoir. It's called Americanized, Rebel Without a Green Card. Her TV credits include iZombie, Grand Hotel, Katie Keene, and the new Pretty Little Liars, Sara Saidi. Hello. Hi. This is such a bucket list moment for me, Matt, because the first time <laughs> I the first time I ever heard you on a podcast was reciting a poem, I think, about Countess Luann on Bitch Sesh. And I was wow. like, I love this person. And then I ended up working for your husband, Michael, on Katie Keene. And one of the first things I said to him, you guys were dating at the time. I said, is Matt McConkey your boyfriend? I'm a huge fan wow. of him. Wow. This is what I want everyone to say every time <laughs> I introduce him on the show. I don't know what that poem that you're talking about. And I, I, I'm sure I don't want to know. I, 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 I think probably it was blocked a poem it out or a purpose, haiku but... or something beautiful that oh, did God. Kept Luann justice. That sounds right. And... I'm sorry that you had to hear that, and thank you for being here. <laughs> and we are joined by a writer, actor, comedian. She's the co-host of the podcast College Town with Seth Morris for Comedy Bang Bang World. Aaron Whitehead, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. I, I got so incredibly nervous right before we signed on because this topic is maybe the dearest to my heart. And I'm so afraid of doing it wrong. <laughs> oh, there is no wrong way. It's the safest of spaces. But Thank let's God. start there. How near and dear to your heart is it? And why do you say that? I've been watching it since I was probably 20, 21 years old. I've probably watched it every year, if not more than once a year since. I've probably watched the whole thing like 20 or 30 times. And I'm wow. sure there's episodes I've watched. It's like my, it, for me, it's... I, like, I know astrology's made a huge comeback. I'm always like, I could not care less what your sign is. Like, tell me how you feel about sex in the city. Right. <laughs> like, and then when this came out, I was like, just to be able to go back into the world it was, and it came at a time when I really, really needed <laughs> to oh, jump back same. into that world. Yeah. And do you have a favorite episode? Is there a season that you lean on more than, more than others in tough times? I love season two. I feel like when things are really well, also I, that's when Carrie's hair is the best. It's when her hair and makeup is really at top. Mm. Um, season two, and I would say the last season. Those are the two yeah. that I really like. For some reason, those are the ones that I'm drawn to. I feel like season two is when things are really getting interesting with her and Big, and then yeah. I think I think that's where their first breakup is, or maybe or there's or no, they've broken up. You know what? I don't know them by episode, but I all the stuff with her and Big. Like, I'm sorry, I don't care about any of the other men. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to circle back to that because I have a lot of questions for you in that department. Sara, what is your origin story with Sex in the City? Very similar. I have to say, diehard fan pretty much from the beginning. I think I remember in the early days watching it on VHS, I think, like watching the first couple seasons. And then probably from about season two or season three on, I watched it in real time. 
And I have this memory of, I lived in New York City in my early 20s when it was on. And I feel like, I, I remember like racing home for the finale because we didn't have, I don't know if CBS said, but I don't know. running home, like making Cosmos, heart palpitations because it was all going to end. And I was, it was so bittersweet. Yeah. So I'm a diehard wow. over here. And Aaron, what is your sign? Are you a Carrie? Are you a Miranda Rising? I'm such a hard Miranda. I mean, I'm just, I'm sure I feel like we all have pieces of all of them, don't we all? You know, it's like it's like at Sex and the City is a spectrum, okay? <laughs> but I'm definitely far on the Miranda spectrum. But I, I mean, I feel like I feel like they made Carrie very the one you want to be, but very few. Like anyone yeah. who goes, I'm a Carrie. I'm like, we all want to be a Carrie. Uh, please, we all want to well, be. I, I'm a I'm a Carrie. Are you guys. a Carrie? I'm, I'm here to say I'm a Carrie. No, I want to be a Carrie. <laughs> I'm definitely more. Miranda meets Charlotte with like a dash of Carrie. Okay. You do have, you're writing books, you know, you're writing a memoir. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty Carrie. That's very she's my, she's my OG inspiration. Um, but I would say personality wise, definitely a little bit more Miranda. Meets Charlotte. I actually ring. And so, and sorry, what about Samantha? I'm not, not Samantha at all. I wish I was a little bit more like her. I feel like I have some Samantha, but not the sexual part, which I feel like it's a hard thing to say because I know that's a big part of her, but that's there's something- kind of the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not. That's the beauty, no. right? Like she's so much. I feel like that's where when I when I talk to people who aren't diehard fans and Matt, I have to say, like, I listen to your podcast and there have been times where I was like, well, I have to turn it off because I, I my heart's breaking <laughs> by what these people are saying about yeah, my right. family. But she's- the episodes where she finds out about a Carrie's affair and how loyal she is to Carrie, I those break my heart almost more than you mean anything. When she finds out that Carrie's having an affair with Big, yes. Wow. What did I say? I'm sure I said something uh, else. No, you did. I'm just clarifying because I because I, I feel I like remember that I, she. I they were. I think they were in a bar, and she said something like, "You're not judging me just a little." And she goes, oh. "Not my style." That's right. Oh, I just God. loved it. Just it just came flooding back. You channeled her perfectly. You do have a Samantha in you. I did her well, on that... an improv podcast once, and that was one of my top favorite improv shows I've ever done, even though it was a podcast. Oh, that's yeah, because she's all puns. She's know? she's all sex puns, which is yeah. anyone anyone who makes fun of puns again, you're not my people get out of here <laughs> get Pun, out. puns and purrs that's what miranda i mean samantha is all about yeah here's my question for both okay sarah when you were younger would you have been able to own up to being a like a miranda charlotte hybrid i think i knew even when i was younger that i was a little bit miranda because you're right aaron samantha is definitely the least judgmental of the women and i feel like i'm a judgy bitch so i think <laughs> i i knew that like there's a lot of miranda in me and i feel like almost as i've gotten older i'm i'm a little bit more of a miranda denier now <laughs> i'm a little bit more like i am like carrie even though i'm not but yeah, I don't, I think I was willing to accept it in my even in my early twenties. Yeah, we all wanted to be Carrie, though. Is the fact. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And I'm now feeling like I'm a Carrie Miranda Charlotte hybrid. But if I'm really being honest, I am kind of a Stanford. Not just for the obvious reason that I'm like the gay friend, but the fact that Stanford left his whole life behind to go be a monk, in Japan. I look. That it's very to you. Me. I'm not going to lie. You. Very appealing. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> pleased with that storyline, I will say. And this is not Yeah. This is not a criticism of the writers. It's that I I think because they were having marital issues, I just wished that it had been less of a like he's making a whole life turn and more of a heartbreaking breakup. Like I wanted the mm. like he's just can't take it anymore and he's left you. I know that's terrible, but yeah, I think the monk the monk part made it be like, "Wait, what?" You know, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small, and therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest. I know recently for me, therapy was extremely helpful working my way through a rift I had with a friend. It was really giving uh, Carrie and Miranda in the Sex and the City movie, if you recall. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. 
when we keep things bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. So remember, therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and you can do that with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash like Matt today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash like Matt. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 a day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck, then access up to $100 a day as you work, leave an optional tip, any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I'll tell you how I'd spend the money I'd get from Earn In. Our little dog tugboat has had some eye issues, just had surgery, and let me tell you something, it wasn't cheap. So download Earn In today. That's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. And when you download the Earn In app, type in Just Like Matt under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. That's Just Like Matt under podcast. EarnIn is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Yeah, it was interesting because it was like, it was a way to sort of let him be, you know, dead without killing him. Right. Because you know, it's, it's almost like he's in a version of heaven. Of the, it's like this kind of surreal afterlife he's living now. But I, I, I actually... This will sound even stranger. I was hoping that his character w- would be dead, not because I—I I mean, I, I love Stanford so much, but I think I was just craving that like catharsis that we we could really like yeah. mourn this special character and special actor. But they were—they had an impossible task because it's like we just did on an entire season. We're still dealing with the death of a major character and the sort of death of Samantha. Like, how much more can we? put the people through which yeah which I do get and I think you made that point and I I was listening to another episode and I was like absolutely it would be maybe weird to kill off too except that we are they're at an age where that happens too though like you start like you I think we're even at an age where people start to die much younger than you thought they would like we sort of all assume everyone's gonna die as seniors and they don't and so I sort of wouldn't have minded that being like an added element of like are you kidding we lost another one yeah I'm with you. That's true. I will say that was one of my favorite scenes of the second season was the scene between um, Carrie and Anthony where she tells him they they toast with the Cosmos. It made me cry. Yeah, she downs that Cosmo in one one gulp. (laughs) That a girl. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this episode, but you know we'll continue talking about the entire Sex and City multiverse as we go because this episode opens in. You know, with sort of one of our iconic brunch scenes, we've got Carrie and Miranda switching meals because they both want what the other one's eating. Cute little friend moment. We've got smug Charlotte talking about how she thinks she's entered menopause. But at this point, it's in the show. Of, I mean, and just like that, we are accustomed to seeing these three together and going, oh, it's the core three, even though yeah. it should be the core four. So, Sarah, how are you? processing the absence of Samantha. I will say I do really miss her from the show, but I love Seema. I really, really like the addition of Seema to the show. And I, I, don't, I can't remember. I think it's maybe in the episode before this one where we finally see like Seema's at the table with them. Yeah. And I want to see more of that. I think that she's actually a great Samantha replacement. I think she has a little, little bit of Samantha's personality and confidence and I feel like she has a ton of chemistry with SJP. So I I would like to see more of Seema with the rest of the ladies. I do too. I'm with you. I mean, by the way, my best friend, Michael Patrick King, bristles when people <laughs> say that Seema is a Samantha replacement. But I'm like, that's a compliment. And I understand he's like, he's like, they both are, you know, fully fleshed out characters on their own. Seema is a different person. I, I get all that. But I'm also like, somebody does have to fill that role. And she does do it beautifully. Aaron, <laughs> where are you in the grieving process know, uh, so... in terms of Samantha? Oh, God. so Grieving so hard. When I saw she wasn't coming back, I would check online just to see if there were updates where I was like, surely she's working the contract out. Like, sure. And I, I, even though I knew that wasn't 
really what it was about. I, uh, I really want her back. I will say, and I, this is again, I'm so sorry not to stay on this episode. Cause I, after I watched this, no. I of course watched the one right after. And I was like, yeah. this one with the texting between her and Carrie, Mm-hmm. They do such a good job with the Samantha voice and like, oh yeah, and and the, I was like, I'm such an old lady. I was like leaning forward to my laptop to see, to read the text. Like I have to pause things now to read texts on TV shows, but I was just like, this is really the way friends talk. Like the, I kissed somebody and her making it, you know, being yeah. empathic and making a joke about it. I like Seema. What I really like is that they've kind of introduced somebody who's that age and still single which I think is a really mm-hmm. unusual kind of character. And I was like, oh, I love that she still really wants to find love and they're not trying to sell her as the sort of Samantha replacement, which would be, you know, like, honey, I love to be alone. <laughs> you know, like that kind of, she's like, she like really isn't. She really wants to find love at that age. Yeah. I will say then in season two, when she ends up with the guy on the fucking phone, mm. he's, no. If you've waited no. that long, keep waiting. Like that's- Keep looking. <clears throat> To wait that long and end, uh, I just couldn't stand him. I got, I, I think I screamed when he got on his phone at the end. <laughs> so, so I prefer bad. actually the guy she meets in this episode, who I, I know next season she doesn't like him because he's still, actually is still married, if I remember correctly. Oh, so yeah, that's I, not yes, great I, either. I'm forgetting that detail, but yeah, yeah. But, but he, yes, I'm with you. Um, and by the way, when I was just flying back to LA from Ohio, not to brag, I bought an Us Weekly at the airport like you do. And this might be something that's like also on Daily Mail and elsewhere, but this was the first time I have seen it, which was um, an article claiming that Kim Cattrall is in talks with them to come back in a in a larger capacity in season three. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I mean, I may be in the first stage of grief, which is denial, but I keep thinking maybe there's still an chance that she could come back i mean yeah. on the good wife they did split screens to have two actors exactly who want to work together in the same scene like they could figure it out although that was Maybe. a funny like i did feel like the phone call between her and carrie was so clearly <laughs> filmed in different in, in different times i mean it, to me it was mm. different it was two very different conversations to- tonally yeah, so yeah. it makes me want i like if she comes back i want I, I want them to like figure out their shit. Yeah, we're gonna need a full come to Jesus. And yes. I'd actually like a documentary just, you know, capturing every moment of them together. Yes. I, I need this. You know, I really need this. And as much as I'm like, look, I'll take any Samantha I can get if it has to be AI. Obviously, I'm against AI. This is the one exception. <laughs> Whatever we to have to AI. do. But I just, it's also the investment in the like behind the scenes storyline too, where I'm just like, but I also want the actors to be friends and to me forgive too. each other. I have such yeah, an attachment to them yeah. as friends. Yeah, it makes me really sad. And that's what this Us Weekly thing was implying is that they are trying to work on their the actors are trying to work on their relationship. Now, look, this was an Us Weekly, it's us weekly not, right. not, not the most deeply reported story. And I should also say, I'm not like reaching out to anybody from the show who actually knows this to verify any of it or get any more information. I try to not poke the bear in that sense. So I'm just going to stay in my bubble of delusion. Yeah. Well, when you and your best friend, Michael Patrick King, hang out, you guys yeah. talk about everything but. Like you guys, you don't bother him with details about the show. No, you, you share secrets no. from your personal lives, not exactly. Not Every friendship has its boundary, even the most intimate ones. Of course, of course. So, our downstairs neighbor Lizette knocks on the door, and she wants to give Carrie a free ring, hopefully to wear on Instagram, promote her her jewelry making business, because otherwise she'll have to go back to modeling. God forbid. Really feel bad. Real feel for her. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's such a tough road to hoe for Lizette. And we learn that <laughs> Carrie is having trouble taking off her wedding ring. So this brings us to the death of Big. Sara, how did that all go down for you? You know, I had a feeling that that's where they were going because I had heard that the third movie that never happened was supposed to be like the death of Big. So I had an inkling. And I think it's been, look, I loved big i am a burger girl which i know is 
kind of controversial. Wow. But he was I've never heard he anyone my, say that. He's above Aiden. He was my listen, way above Aiden. For he me. was my favorite love interest. Yes. He was I, I just loved their witty banter. I love that they were both writers. I feel like definitely there's an opportunity to bring him back. And yep. maybe he's like a super successful novelist now, because that was sort of his insecurity and his hang up. So I want to see like where things could go between them if that was no longer. But I do love Big. Actually, I will tell you guys, I had an epiphany about my own husband recently, which is that when I met him, he was a big and now he's an eight. Wow. So I feel like That's the perfect I, transformation. I feel like I sort of have gotten the best of both worlds in my own marriage. Can you tell me what the best act. of Aiden looks like? Because I don't understand. What is that? <laughs> I like the sort of, I, I like the like scruff. I like the sort of outdoorsy like lumberjack vibe okay. that Aiden has. My husband hasn't started making furniture, but I definitely see that somewhere in his future. Like oh. I feel like that could be his next phase. Okay. Nothing hotter. Uh, yeah, um, and a little bit more just like a little bit more like corny than big, like a little bit more of that like dad sort of cringe sense of humor. But for some reason, I'm finding it attractive. Yeah, I and guess... loyalty to you, I'm assuming, yeah. you know, Aiden is going to make a better husband. Less chance that he's going to die on that pelt. What are you guys talking okay, Aaron, about? I'll take dead big truth. over live Aiden <laughs> any day of the week. Okay. I find I think what the, the attributes you mentioned, I like scruffy outdoors furniture maker. The dog was the ugliest dog I've ever seen in my life. <gasps> Pete, Pete Pete represents his in, inner Aiden to me. Just untrustworthy. He was so condescending. <laughs> that guy was so sulky and, and condescending and just mm, I want to eat my fried chicken in bed, mommy. I just <laughs> I could not. I couldn't, I, and I, now I, if he, if he listens to this, I hope I want him to know, I think the acting was wonderful. I think the character, I think he did it the way it was intended, which is not for Carrie. And when I'm so livid as if he's a real person that he made her leave that fucking apartment. And now she lives in some huge house by herself. I'm, well, I don't feel too sorry for her. I'm that, not that sad about Gramercy that. Park I house, feel very bad for her. <laughs> I, the 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 principle, yes, is 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 what matters, which is just like she did have to upend her life for him. I mean, you could argue small price to pay, considering everything she did to him in the past. But I hear you. I don't know, man. I think she did the things to him in the past because he was Aiden. I'm gonna blame. Mm, I'm gonna blame the you're victim. You're blaming here. the victim. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, look, hearing you talk, Aaron, yeah. I, I sort of feel like Pete the dog and who, who's Aiden's son in the second season? Is it Wyatt? Wyatt, yeah. Like, is Wyatt the new Pete? Wyatt's the new Pete. Mm. Wyatt is the new Pete. He had to go diaper Wyatt, and so then he couldn't hang out in the city. Yeah, he had to screw things up for Harry and Aiden. And his concern was that Wyatt was doing mushrooms, which is only going to be life-changing and lovely. Like, I don't think that's a huge yeah. reason to move back into the country. That's yeah, I, true. Uh, it was, mush- it was mushrooms, right. not heroin. Exactly. Yeah, he should be thrilled. Yeah, this sounds like why it's on the right track. Absolutely, an um, excuse. It was an excuse. Yeah. So, Aaron, were you you were devastated when Big died? I went back to and watched it this morning, so I was literally having coffee at six thirty a.m. crying. <laughs> 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 and I've seen it. This is now my third rewatch of that pilot. Wow. And yeah. It really destroys me. And I think the way they deal with it, with her seeing him and the the way they almost slow time down and she sees him and he sees her mm. and both of them know. I will say I was going, every time I've watched it, I've gone, call 911. Like yeah. make a phone call. I th- I understand rocking him, but like first you call 911 just in case. Sometimes they can bring them back. I know. You know, right? I, I, I when I go back and watch it, I, I think the same thing. And then I'm like, I think that's why we saw the phone go into the shower so that we'd know it was not immediately usable. But are, aren't there other phones? Were we, she had were a we phone, meant to right? think that he was already dead? Right. I don't, yeah. It was his yes. phone in the shower. So she, yeah. Right. I know. A lot of yeah. There's some questions there. But, but I, yeah, I, in a way, in I'd shock. like to believe that she was kind of like, you know what? We've had a good run. I'm going <laughs> to let him go. She was she was already accepting it. She goes through those 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 steps really fast. 
laughed too fast. Yeah. Uh, she did not wait for him to pass before she started going through him. So Lizette kind of represents this like young Carrie, you know, she's this weird mirror from the past in some ways that gets held up to her throughout the show. Sara, we're obviously much younger than Carrie is at this point in her life, but much younger. what is your experience dealing with youths? You know, I, I tend to not like anybody that's younger than me. Mm-hmm. So my own children included, like I'm really struggling with the feeling of like, I feel like I used to be the youngest person in every room and now I'm starting to see that shift. So I am grappling with that a bit. And I do, I like hearing the women talk about struggling with aging. I feel mm-hmm. like that's really relatable. Lizette to me is like, I feel like she's sort of the character that you have on a show if you're going to be doing a spinoff. Like, I feel like she's just sort of there because you want to get the audience invested in her because she's going to have her own like show that's sort of closer to the OG Sex in the City. And I know that that's not what they're doing with her, but I also sometimes wonder like why she's mm. there. Maybe that's maybe that's also what's coming. Look, I'll take it. I don't it. know. It could be. I mean, she's very she's very cute and charming and watchable. So I wouldn't mind seeing seeing a Lizette in the city spin off. And at the end of season two, you know, Lizette meets Che, and maybe it was just me, but I saw fireworks between those two. Ooh, interesting. That would be an interesting couple, and I feel like that would bring a little bit more dimension to Lizette who I feel like is already just I feel like Carrie was such a mess when we met her in a in a great way in the way that I loved her that she like would spend more money on shoes than rent and then mm-hmm. you know she'd talk about like spending money on Vogue instead of dinner and I feel like Lizette's far past that like has such a successful business at that age that she feels not like she's not discovering enough yeah. you know what I mean like to be to be a young Carrie yeah she's already a homeowner now right she owns Carrie's apartment right must be nice. She got lucky. So Charlotte, <laughs> meanwhile, is at home. She's doing it all. She's helping Rock learn the Torah. She's talking to Anthony on the phone. She's trying to calm down Lily because she's freaking out about having her period during her friend's pool party. And then we later, it's a dinner scene. She's teaching Lily to put in the tampon. Sarah, as a mom, thoughts on Charlotte's parenting? Very relatable. And actually, watching her try and teach Lily how to use the tampon reminded me of potty training my kids and how I feel like with every everything when it comes to parenting you go in with high hopes and like enthusiasm and encouragement and then you start to really like lose your mind and Mm. start yelling at your kids because it's just not going the way that you thought I will say like Lily's trajectory from this season to the next season going from like being deathly afraid of tampons to being ready to have sex I feel like she's had like a pretty extreme arc compared to some of the other characters on the show. She's growing like, up fast. She's moving fast. She really is. She really is growing also, up fast. I very... really was. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I really was rooting for uh, Lily and Brady to get together, and I still am. Brady kind of grosses me out. I don't know. <laughs> he's, he's a teenage boy. They're gross. Yeah, it is. It is just that. And, and, and I think even though I know she's his age, she still seems older. Like he has a very, he's to me seems like someone who's going to still seem like a teenage boy when he's 30. Like it's going to take him a while mm. to become, to become a man. Yeah. I was shocked that Lily was that anxious about putting a tampon in and chose the moment when guests were arriving to be like, let's do it now. I was like, that's not going to make you relax. That's going to be that's not, the yeah. most high very stress. <laughs> stress. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, Anthony comes over with his date, Justin, who gives us one of the most memorable lines of the season when he says the Holocaust is a hoax. And then when Anthony screams, get out, that for me was one of the best <laughs>, laughs I had in the season. It's definitely uh, Mario Cantone's best moment of the entire series. I feel like he barely held it together for that line. Like there was a glimmer of a smile as he screamed. I feel like he was like, this is the best line yeah. I've ever got. <laughs> cut it makes right me out of there. I've seen it a couple times now, and it just it makes me laugh so hard every time. It's so good. It's really funny. It's such a funny choice too to have this this actor have one line. Like imagine auditioning for that part, and they're like, "You're just gonna say Holocaust is a hoax." Yeah, you want to put this on your reel. That's all yeah. it's gonna be. Out of context, but you'll look great not in, in, in any context. <laughs> not good. Che and Miranda are on a date. 
we're seeing Che, you know, surrounded by all the fangirls and Miranda's like, oh, I'll take a picture. I'm just the girlfriend. And, you know, this relationship's progressing along. I love the scene when Miranda shows up later unannounced with the cookies and says, this is the other, this, this even tops Holocaust is, is a hoax, which is when Miranda says she was craving me some Che. That was Man, that really one painful. Will, <laughs> will live in infamy. <laughs> I know this is a really this whole season's a real learning curve for, for Miranda. Like I feel like she spent the whole pilot being like, I just can't say the right thing. And then it's like, didn't we cover this? Come on. I would have loved if in season two, Che was like, I just have to tell you, when you said to me six months ago you were craving me some Che, that has haunted me every night. And I can't I can't be with someone who speaks that way. I can't do it. I think anyone else might say that Che has got a lot going on. I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah. Think, yeah. So I think that Che and Miranda is almost exactly the same storyline as Carrie and Petrovsky. Mm. Yes. I think. Oh, che same more. Miranda's Petrovsky. Because. I had this written down. With, I'm thrilled. Keep going. Wow. Really? Yes. Well, I feel like with Car- Carrie was so wrapped up in Petrovsky, like changed her entire life for him. You know, they say in every relationship, there's a flower and there's the person that waters the flower. And he was very much the flower in that yep. relationship. And I feel like that is the role that Che occupies with Miranda. Like she left her husband. She moved to L.A. She's all about Che's career. And it's been a little disorienting to watch. But I did I did love that there was more conflict between them in the second season and that we had a little bit more of Miranda standing up for herself, which I think was extremely satisfying when Carrie did the same thing. Yes. Yeah. No, I, lo- I, I just, I'm like, I had the exact same thought. And even in the conversation they have, which I think, again, I'm, I'm skipping episodes around, but it's at some point when Miranda decides to go to LA and Carrie's like, really? You're, you're mm-hmm. going to, and I was like, they had this conversation about Paris. They've just switched That's roles. Right. This is the exact same yeah. conversation. Yeah, it was. Do you I feel- think that Che is going to accidentally backhand Miranda and Miranda's going to be heartbroken and Steve's going to swoop in and she's going to be like, you know what? I'm not a lesbian. Yeah, right. And she, just as she's like <laughs> spilling beads from her bosom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I also loved when they're they're having that fight and Che says, we're not dating. And, and Miranda goes, we're not? What are we doing? I know. Just her panic. It's just, she's just so good. And, and you know, people have so much to say about the 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 Miranda of and just like that versus the Miranda that we knew of, of Sex and the City. But I love that we've finally seen her blow up her own life. Yeah, I do. I do have the like and I think you were sorry, you were sort of getting to this with her being the one who like waters the flower. Like there's something that it is hard for me to see Miranda in that position because she's always kind of the I feel like of the four she's the one where you can like look to her to be like I see what's happening like she so has her eye on like let's get to the truth uh, the truth of what's happening and so I am kind of like well we can't there's there's nobody we can trust she's she's off the rails like our compass is broken it's broken and it's not even it's I can understand the I mean you know I've heard people say it this way they did Steve dirty like he can't hear anything he's you know just watching TV all the time. So it's not that I don't understand the impetus to leave the marriage, but for Che, it felt Che feels like a high school choice where you're like, it's okay that this person just seems to care about themselves. Like, yeah, I, maybe I can change them. You know, it, it's, I'm like, how, how are we doing this reset for this character? But it is interesting. Yeah. And I'm hopeful that now that Miranda's had almost another arc, it's kind of like after the Che breakup in season two, and then, you know, really establishing that she is gay, that in season three will have kind of a return to classic Miranda. It's just that she happens to be dating women instead of men, but that she'll often have the upper hand and she'll be, you know, judgy in that way that we love her being judgy of other people. Yeah. That's something to look forward to. Yeah, I think so. Do you guys think that Che should be part of season three? I know this is a hot button issue. Because- I don't. And I know that that may be a controversial opinion, but the reason I don't is because I don't feel like they've been treated as a, as purely a love interest on the show, which is, I think, the role that they occupy. Mm-hmm. And in Sex and the City, love interests sort of came and went. And 
I don't know that we need to be in Che's universe. I don't think we need to see Che at work. I don't think we need to see Che dating other people because, for instance, like when Miranda broke up with Blair Underwood, we didn't then see his character continue on in other stories with other people. Yeah. So if we are going to treat Che as purely a love interest character instead of one of the new friends, then I think season three be time for them. I don't disagree. I I love all of the new characters. And I and I really appreciate that they made such an effort to make them three dimensional. That it was like these aren't just sidekicks; these aren't just love interests. We are going to let them drive their own story. I love all that, but that does come at a price, which is that there is only so much time in an episode, and yeah. the and the more time we spend with them, the less time we get with Carrie. And I just I think it will help us if like one or two of them are taken off the board, not because I don't love any of them. It will just yeah. help balance things out. If it, Che might be a good choice. Yeah, it did, it did have I, sort of a nice I, ending at the end of season two. Yeah. Yeah. They got to have really nice, happy exactly. ending. Yeah. And you made a really good point that they're the love interest. And that goes so with the original show. We never we never followed one of those um, one of the men uh, who I want to see more of is is um, Naya. I love her. Yes. I love yeah, her so I much. Too. I feel I love Naya. She's so raw. Like I feel like she's someone who like she has her lines and then she has like the 20 things she's not seeing with her face. And I'm always like, mm-hmm. oh, I want more of her like with the other girls. I want her to I kind of want her to be the Samantha. I like Seema. Seema's too slick for me. Um, mm. Naya. I like Naya. That's a, that's a fair point. Yeah, I like Naya a lot and I like that we have the perspective of someone who does not want to have children being yeah. represented. And she's still at this point in the show, in this episode, is still grappling with that. But we know that that's sort of where this is headed. Um, but she's also, you know, doing this women's shelter thing with Randa's help. And it gives us the opportunity to finally have all the characters come together. We got the new, we got the old. Everybody's interacting. Thrilling to see all the friends together. Yeah. Even if they have to be wearing overalls and doing labor. Overalls with <laughs> um, those very high heels. Exactly. As only she could. <laughs> um, so, and then Charlotte and LTW show up uh, in a stretch limo. LTW's making shit happen. LTW, talk about shoes. She's wearing these giant over-the-knee boots. Those uh, boots. She's making things happen. We don't get much LTW in this episode. No, but I did love that she immediately introduced herself as professor. Like, no first name to a woman her own age. <laughs> I think she, yeah. I'm Professor I'm Professor Wallace. I was like, wow, that's bold. <laughs> it's like saying I'm Dr. So and so, like to a man your age. I don't know why. I just yeah. I just made the assumption that all men are doctors because I grew up in the nineties. Um that all <laughs> are doctors they? are men. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Both. Both, both. <laughs> yeah, and, and Seema, you know, doesn't participate in the in the painting because she, you know, she's Seema. She's going to be sitting outside smoking a cigarette, picking up the, the hot guy. Before this, we had, you know, her and Carrie waiting in line outside the club, trying to bribe the doorman. We find out it's Seema's birthday. It doesn't go great. This made me wonder about I mean, I was just watching this going like, God, I don't know. And the last time I waited in line, I won't even wait in line at like a salt and straw for ice cream. No, you know, even <laughs> that feels like I'm that is beneath me at this age. You know, Sara, either of you, when is the last time you waited in line to go? When, when was the last time you went to a club, period? I don't know. I, I have this business idea where I want somebody to just like drive a club into my driveway, like a little pod that I can just go and dance in. So I don't have to be around other people and I don't have to wait in line, but it's, <laughs> it's been a long time, but I can tell you the last time I was da- like, I love that our ladies were like Seema both times. And this episode is basically wearing a full on evening gown, like mm-hmm. something you would wear to a wedding to go to a club in Brooklyn, which I think is amazing. Aaron, have you been clubbing a lot? Oh, tons. I mean, no, I, it's been so long. I, I used to, when I was, 16 living in Ojai, I would drive down after my hostessing job there and go to clubs that my older friends would like get me into. And I think then it was exciting because it was a novelty. And then as soon as I moved to LA when I was 21, I maybe went to a couple with friends, but you would, you would do the thing that clubs do where you wait in line for so long and then you get in and it's empty. 
and it was because mm-hmm. they wanted the line to advertise the club. And I, after, I think after two uh, yeah. of those, I was like, I can't, I, what are we doing? Like, it's, I can't do this. Yeah, that's true. The, Carrie and Smith are so upset they can't get in. If they did, it's probably empty. It's probably empty. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I was sad that they didn't get in. Like, I, it's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine on TV shows where like, you're promising me something that doesn't end up coming to fruition. Like I wanted, to, I didn't want them to, at dinner by themselves. I wanted to see them have to like, be inside that club and feel a little bit out of place and yeah. play the comedy of that a little bit more. Yeah. Well, it felt the whole episode, I think, and then this is also partly because then I watched the one after it did feel like the episode was like, we have a lot of plots we need to set up. Like, let's put them in places they can talk. Like, let's have them rolling these walls in the same section over and over mm-hmm. and having these conversations. And then let's put them in line for a club, but they're not going to go to the, you know, like it felt like what are the locations we can have conversations that we need to then, so we can establish information is what it felt like a little bit. And maybe this is yeah. my me trying to like learn writing structure which i'm always half doing when i'm watching but i i will say though in in the painting scenes i loved when steve asked carrie about miranda because because then that to me felt like a mirror of when carrie would ask steve about aiden i just love anything that like is a little bit of a like seed back to the to the original yeah and we've had so few scenes between steve and carrie ever yeah and it's but she obviously they, they have so much history they have so much love between them and it was great i'm so curious what's going to happen with steve in the future and you know he and miranda are obviously at a good place at the end of season two but they're getting divorced like they're not getting back together i don't you know we're talking about love interests kind of not driving their own stories now he's not even going to be a love interest like i don't know what happens with steve but i i love this scene so much that you're talking about aaron especially later on after he helps her retrieve Big's ring and then he talks about his own ring and he's like, I'm never taking this off. And Carrie's like, what about you? You're such a wonderful guy. And they're crouched on the floor. And for a second, I'm like, are they, do they belong together? (laughs) Like, I do I want Carrie and Steve to fuck? You're really trying to make it happen for Steve. They do do have a little bit of chemistry though. I was thinking too, I don't think, I think in the original Sex in the City, like, did they ever, did a friend ever date somebody that a f- other another friend had dated series? I, like, I don't think that they mixed love interests and the ladies at all. So I'm wondering if there's something, there might be something here. That would be interesting. It's so hard for me to imagine Carrie with Steve. I, I, yeah, I, just, it would I can't, never happen. The voice, <laughs> like even the voice alone. I'm like, it's, it's, this is why they aren't in scenes together. Like they don't, it's like, TV. yeah, it's like a cartoon character. It's like Roger Rabbit where you're like, wow, there's a cartoon talking to a human. Like, I <laughs> But yeah, I, I would love to see Steve with someone. I would also love to see them, like, give him a little bit more, like, like give him his like mojo back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We got a glimpse of it when he had, was doing his um boxing thing and yes. he had his shirt off and looks great. Maybe Naya. Yeah. I was going to say, Naya. is that crazy? Is it- like maybe they get drunk one night and have a one night stand. And then she like has to tell Miranda that she slept with Steve. Which could be oh, a really story. interesting friendship moment there. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. And uh, I think this came up on the show once before, maybe, or maybe I'm dreaming this, but Naya has met Steve, but in such passing that I buy that this could happen in season three, what we're talking about. And she doesn't even realize who it is until it's too late. Possible. You know? Oh, oh, and it's an accident. Yeah. I almost I like mean, if it if it's if it's not an accident. If it's intentional. Yeah. I, I almost like having to deal with the decision of it mm. for anyone who's listening. Okay. <laughs> Well, so we've established Burger's coming back in season three as he's a he's a famous novelist now. Carrie's got to eat some crow there. Steve and Naya are going to have a torrid affair. <laughs> We're just coming up with gold. This I is mean, our own little writer's room over here, guys. Really? I mean, listen, Brady, I guess, could end up with one of the other girl. I mean, you know what? Maybe Samantha comes back. And she embraced it. <laughs> that was the, but wasn't that the whole reason she didn't yes. want to do the movie, right? Wait, what? There was something. I think something, there was a story. You know, was there? There was a story of Samantha and I think it was Brady, oh, right? God. Like, like, that Brady has a thing for Samantha or 
something happened that the actor sends her a dick pic or there was something like inappropriate you know what maybe this was in my the the back of my subconscious and that's how this idea somehow how somehow maybe there is something to it and that's why we're all circling it and we just haven't cracked it and if we if we do that would be part of the the great samantha resurrection he could be like the new smith jared like she really she's like i'm gonna make you a man (laughs) first of all we're changing your name Hobbs Any Brady. other Hobbs Brady, baby. <laughs> Any other hopes and dreams for season three? Characters you'd like to see come back? Shades on our existing characters we haven't gotten to see yet? I mean, I'm kind of with Sarah. I would love for Carrie and Berger to have another shot. I, I will say, like, even though Big was always like, I never, I never had a problem with Big. And this is, I will say this through a 90s, 90s goggles, okay? Like, I'm sure if I watched mm-hmm. it for the first time now, I would not feel the same, but... I did like Berger and I feel like it would be interesting too, just to see him have to deal with his insecurity, you know, like even if he wasn't famous seeing him become somebody who was like secure, despite that too, would also be like an industry, an interesting growth for that. Yeah. And like, it was such a short relationship compared to her other ones. And it was such a long time ago, but something that significant, that dumping somebody like that, when you are, I mean, they were in in love or getting close to the sort of acknowledging they were in love. It is something that is gonna stay with you for the next fifteen years or however long it's been. Like yeah. they they've got unfinished business. They had immediate chemistry. I still I, I still remember her saying like I can't remember what he looks like, and I always know that's how I really like a guy. And I was like, oh my god, that's how I always feel if I'm excited about somebody. I'm like, I can't picture their face. Wow. Yeah, he was also the character that brought us. He's just not that into you. Mm, those were yeah. the yes. words came out of his mouth. Yes. He was a pretty significant love interest. I'm telling you guys. That particular he, episode was really like, I loved that he saw all her friends the way she sees her friends, which is also such an important thing for somebody that you're yeah. with. The fact that he was like, he like nailed them all on the first meeting. And he was like, oh, you just love Miranda. And I feel like everyone at home was like, we love Miranda. Yes. You know, like he really got them. Yeah, you know, you might be onto something, Sarah. Maybe his unexpected runaway hit was his own version of the he's just not that into you book. He's become that guy, you know? Maybe he comes back and he says, I am just that into you. Oh. And just like that. I I could drop this mic that's on my desk on the floor. I would. I'm excited to see Carrie date in season three. I feel like with, you know, we... We didn't get too much of just like random men in her life between Big and Aiden coming back. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see a few like new boyfriends. Same. Yeah, I am too. And I really do like that they have not fully dropped the grief. Like I feel like sometimes shows are like, so we did the grief season and so now <laughs> she's fine. And I really like seeing it be like, this is grief a year out. This is yeah. grief two years out. This is dating and grief year three. Like I really am excited for them to really like show that in a real way, which it feels like they are. Like, I feel like they haven't fully pushed it to the side, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Aaron, if you're not done grieving big, then Carrie should not be done <laughs> grieving big either, right? Well said. Oh, well, But I you. mean, Aaron, how did you feel in season two when she said, after, after things are going really well with Aiden and she says to Miranda, was big a big mistake? Well, I think she had a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I see. I, I was screaming at the TV. I was like, "Yes, that's what I've been really? saying all along." Yeah. Wait, Matt, yeah. that's so interesting. Did you always feel that way? Like, were you always like? I this- mean, my feelings changed and waffled over yeah. the year, minute to minute. But it was especially at the beginning of of and just like that when he would not go to Lily's recital. I mean, I've said this a hundred times. Listeners are cringing. I'm sorry, but it's just like. That I just I feel like I have so many not so many that's not true but I I know straight couples where I'm 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 friends with a wife the husband's thing is kind of like oh yeah I'm not I don't need to participate in your silly social female yeah fa- family things you know and it's like actually you do like that is her family you're so and you're right. her family now. This is a hard topic for me. I truly feel like there are three of me sitting here and me now is like in full agreement and like also went back and rewatched and was like, he's such a dick. 
I can't believe I rooted <laughs> for them. Also, this is why I dated so many of the men I dated. Like truly, I was like, it's okay that they don't talk. <laughs> it's, it's okay that they kind of make little smirks and I keep talking and doing a one woman show and they do not, you know, like this is fine. Like I blame him. But then there's like the me from the nineties. That's like, but I love him. And they were yeah. so perfect. And like the red balloons coming out of the limo. Like I can't forget it. And then there's also then reality me who's like, also Chris Noth, and then we can't disassociate. Well, there's that. I do have, can I say one more thing? Or are we running? Please, no. I was so just like, I didn't even know how to feel about it. I, I hate that we're in a time where knowing something about an actor made them literally rewrite the end. Because I was like, I want to see what that ending actually was. Mm. Like when I heard that they did that, I was like, but I just, I just want to know. And I get I why, know. but it is such a strange time where I feel like, we know too much about now it sounds like I'm like, those yeah. me too women should never have come out. It really ruined the show. <laughs> They've ruined And that is what big. I'm saying. I, <laughs> no, no, no. If they could have just waited and have a little respect for the canon. Uh, uh no, not at all, not at all what I'm saying, but I but I was like, where's that footage? Could we see the footage at least? I want I want the uh yeah. me too bloopers. That's what I want. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Release the footage. Release the footage. You can you can cut this, Matt. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. It's all going in. Uh, this was a dream duo. Thank you both so much for being here. Thank you for your hot takes, for your wisdom, and for your time. Everybody, find Sara Saidi on Instagram. She's at Sara, not Sarah, which is, a, we'll post it on ours. You don't have to worry about Too the spelling. Too many letters. You can, you can visit her <laughs> website, sarasaidiwriter.com. Follow Aaron Whitehead at Girl with a Tail on all the socials. Listen to uh, College Town, wherever you get your podcasts. Sara, Aaron, thank you so much. Matt, thank you so much. This was so fun. Thank you. And Just Like Matt is a WOW podcast production created and hosted by me, Matt McConkey. Our executive producer is Renee Colvert. If you've got a burning question about a relationship or friendship problem, or really anything Sex in the City adjacent, just record a voice memo on your phone and email it to us at andjustlikematt at gmail.com, and I'll answer your question on the show with my very fancy guests. 